Well, good morning. How is everybody this morning? What's the mood? We're up. The nine o'clock service, we've been known for being a little quieter, sleepier. I don't see that here. So, well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Um, I have a new appreciation for our pastoral staff that all the preparation and time it takes to prepare something like this. So um, let's give it up for our pastoral staff. So and I also appreciate just the worship team and everything that goes into to doing something like this. Um, for those that don't know me as well, I'm Ken Halcom and my wife Sherry is out there. Um, we've been married for 14 years, honey. Um, and we have four children now, uh, ages 5 through 12. We have two boys, Jason and Daniel, and then the, the littler ones are Kristen and Amber. They're 5 and 8 years old. So we like them. Um, we have two dogs and two cats. And I, w- I work for the Industrial Commission with the state of Idaho. I've been doing that for about 11 years now. And my wife and I have been attending church at Cole Community Church for about 14 years. So we appreciate being here. I also like to steal headfish. And for me, it took me seven years to catch my first steel headfish. It's a long time. And I also like the sturgeon fish, but I haven't caught a sturgeon yet. So that's too bad. Have you, what's that? Have you guys heard of Hammett Hank? Well, Hammett Hank apparently is this 12 foot long sturgeon down in the Snake River. Or at least he says, nobody's ever really seen him. But this old guy down there, he told me, Ken, if you ever hook into Hammett Hank, cut the line. He's burned through reels and rods and I've had a hard time catching him, but I'm still after him. I think it'd be fun. And the kids kind of get geared up for catching Hammett Hank. Um, So this morning, before we jump too much into things, um, the mission of the church I want to talk about is equipping disciples of Jesus Christ who grow in loving God, loving others, and impacting the world. And Steve last week covered... The, these, the mission and the vision statement for our church. And he also covered one ministry principle, ministry by the saints. Next week, two more elders are going to talk about the three more ministry principles. And today, we're going to look at three core ministry principles for Cole Community Church. The first one is teaching scripture. The second one is new covenant living and we sang a lot about that this morning, Brian, and I appreciate that, those songs that we sang about as, as far as living by grace. And then the last thing is relational life and, and relationships, how important they are here at Cole. So we're going to talk about those three things. And um, before I get into this, let's go ahead and pray and get started that way. Lord, thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you that each person is here this morning and that we could be together to study your word and talk about the vision for our church. Father, you're our guide and and you are our leader. You're our shepherd. And may we as a church and individually continue to follow you, Father, in the direction that you have for our life. Thank you for each person here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I have a question for you all. This is a tough one. 
What does a grandmother named Lois and a mother named Eunice and a son named Timothy all have in common? Does anybody know? I heard the right answer somewhere. Yeah, they're all found in in Timothy. And Paul wrote to 2 Timothy 1, Lois, Eunice, and Timothy were all mentioned by name. And Paul was deeply encouraged by who they were. He was thankful for them because they deeply encouraged Paul. And so um, he thanked God for them. In verse 5 it says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now also lives in you. So there's nothing better in this world than for someone to thank God for who you are, that you've made an impact on their lives, that you've moved them closer to the Lord. And so Paul was really thankful for these three folks and how each part played or each person played out a part in carrying out the ministry of God. Eunice and Lois were really a blessing to Timothy. I think they saw an example of someone who followed the Lord and who was really special to him. So Eunice, Lois, and Timothy, do we have anybody named one of those names out there? All right. You know, Eunice and Lois and and Timothy, those are all very ordinary names. And back then, that was probably ordinary. But these three people were extraordinary because of their walk with God. And I'm excited to them because this congregation is full of grandmothers. Can you raise your hand if you're a grandmother here? Or a great-grandmother? All right. How about some mothers? Do we have any mothers out there? (laughs) Okay. And I guess we'll throw in the fathers and grandfathers. Okay. Well, and there's some young men and some young women in this church. There's also some older men and some older, uh, older men and, and younger men in this church. And if you're like me, sometimes I feel very ordinary. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a regular guy going through life. Work for the state of Idaho, go to work, show up, get home, eat dinner, go to sleep. And some of us may be feeling very ordinary in who you are, but God has made you extraordinary. When I look out here, I see a lot of really special people that God has made very extraordinary because of Christ. So today we're talking about the church in general, but we're also talking about each of you and your part in this church. I know from personal experience we all have struggles and weaknesses and challenges. Um, I know that between the ages of 22 and 27 years old, I really went through some difficult times. lost some family members. Um, There's a lot of heartache during those years of my life. Many of you have experienced heartaches and you have stories. Some of you are enjoying life and enjoying the beautiful things right now, like like I am as well. And that's a good thing too. Um, All of us have stories. And this church is designed to free you to be who God meant you to be. And so the principles we're talking about today are really a direction of this church, but like we always talk about, the ministry is done by the saints. And we're excited to see what God does with a lot of ordinary, extraordinary people. The core ministry principles we've been covering reflect the direction and focus of this church to grow in love for God, love for others, 
and have an impact on the world. So first, let's talk about teaching Scripture because that's the first core ministry principle we're talking about today. We are convinced that the submissive response to Scripture is the basis of living as a disciple. We believe God speaks through, to us through His Word and uses it to transform us. So let's go ahead and look at Scripture that relates to this core principle. The first Scripture we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. You can look in your Bibles and you can also see it overhead too. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, or if I surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. So out of these verses, we really get a sense that love is to be a part of what we do. That's really where it starts. So in our teaching scripture, love is to be present. I remember when I was going through seminary here at Cole Study for Biblical Studies, I I think one of the pastors had said, you know, when you show up up front, think about loving those you're talking with. And I think that's really important here. And I know that in preparation for teaching and teaching, loving is uh, loving those who are teaching is central, whether it's on Sunday mornings here. Some of you are involved in Sunday school classes, growth groups, Bible studies, other gatherings, and in our families as well. Sometimes we go through the motion of teaching, but we forget the love part. And so love is, is to be a part of, of every aspect of what we do in our teaching. You know, ultimately, the source of that love is, is, is Jesus and staying close to him. So we encourage our teachers to stay near the Lord. Let's go ahead and look at John 5:39 and 40. Jesus said here, You diligently study the scriptures because you think by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So one part of this principle in these verses is that teaching and scripture do not possess the life that we're looking for. It doesn't possess the life of Christ. However, scripture leads us to the Lord. And it also helps us grow in our love for God and others. And scripture instructs us in our walk with the Lord. So that's what the Word of God is for. And let's look at 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So first off, we see that all Scripture is God-breathed. So here at Cole, we like to teach the whole counsel of God. And that's why, how long did we spend in Galatians? Was that two years? (laughs) No, I think it was six months or so. And then we're going to spend the whole summer in Philippians. 
So we spend the whole time teaching a, a book so that we can gather the whole counsel of God. You'll find us not skipping around and missing parts of the scripture that we really think that God would want us to hear. Sometimes as elders and pastors, we get together and we look over, what have we taught in the last 20 years or longer? And if we haven't taught a certain scripture, if we haven't taught a certain book over a long period of time, we'll say, hey, let's get that into the rotation as we plan out the year of what we're teaching. And that's because we want to inquire to the whole counsel of God. Second, we see in this, these verses that Scripture is God-breathed. It is God's Word to us. It's really amazing to stop and think about those words, God-breathed. Um, it's meaningful. The Scripture has depth and love of a father. And I, I have children, you know, the boys and the girls, and the other day, it was about two weeks ago, I was sitting by the computer, and the two girls, my five- and eight-year-old, crawled up onto my lap, and we just talked. And I loved it. I don't know if you haven't done that for a while or if you haven't had younger children for a while, but it is so special for me to just sit with my daughters and hear them. And they talk, and they're beautiful, and they're precious. And I say a few things, um, but I know the relationship I have with them is special. And it's the way with my sons as well. I enjoy spending time with them and sharing my heart with them. And so we see that the scripture is God-breathed. It's like God spending time with us and sharing with us what's really, really important because he really cares about us. I mean, that's what scripture is. It's nothing less than that. It says in this verse that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So there's a real purpose to the, to the scripture, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It equips us for ministry. And the point of our teaching here at Cole is to lead us closer to the Lord and instruct us in godly living. Let's move on and talk about 2 Timothy 2.15. You guys can't flip fast enough, can you? <laughs> it says, do your best to present yourselves to God as one who is approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So there's many people in this world and there's a lot of organizations that twist and distort the word of God. They teach false doctrine and it moves people in the wrong direction. So here at Cole, we're very fortunate to have staff and leaders and we have those in our body who devote themselves to handling Scripture correctly. They devote themselves to, to spending time in the Word and really understanding what the meaning of the... Of, of. We emphasize at this church exegetical teaching, um, which means getting the message out of the Word. Exegetical is to remove, to get out of something. So... The, the emphasis we do is, is to focus to get out of the word what God is trying to, to say through the word um, versus taking our own ideas and trying to, to fit them into a passage of scripture. Um, sometimes I heard one time I went to a church and the pastor talked about management principles and internships and he had taught basically some college um, information about mentoring and it was good information, but it was information about mentoring. And mentoring is important in the church. But he took that and then he put it into scripture. 
And that was eisegesis. That's, that's, that's putting your message into Scripture. Whereas at Cole, we, we focus on ex- exegetical teaching or getting the message out of the Word. I'm also excited for Cole. We've talked about it in this congregation, but we're reopening the study center here in the next few months. And I'm excited for that because we're really going to go into in-depth study of Scripture in those classes. We'll focus some on the languages like Hebrew and Greek, and we'll also go deeper into the principles of ministry, um, how to teach, how to counsel. There's some wonderful classes that will be coming up. And those are open to interns in the body, but also open to the body itself. So if you're interested in signing up for those, we'll talk about those probably toward the end of summer. Um, And those will probably start in the fall. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, And finally, in regard to teaching scripture and this core ministry principle, let's read, um, actually, let me me say something first. Uh, In the New Testament, we also see Jesus having compassion on people. And when you think of Jesus having compassion on people, I think of him healing the sick and really caring about those with physical needs. Um, He also fed the 5,000. He cared deeply about people. And compassion is having your heart stirred for for someone else. Jesus was a compassionate God who loved people. In Mark 6.34, we read, When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So here in this time, Jesus saw a whole crowd of people and he saw into their hearts. And the way he showed compassion is by teaching them. And that's why teaching is so important to us here at this church is that because that is a compassionate response to people, to all of us. We all need teaching. Jesus talked about those who are like a sheep without a shepherd. Now, I work for the Industrial Commission, and one of the things I do is help people look for work. Well, a few years back, there's this job opening for a shepherd in Mountain Home. And that's not an easy gig. I don't know if y'all want to do that. I think it was $750 per month. (laughs) And it, it requires a lot to be a shepherd. Let me read what it says. It says, they're looking for someone who could attend a herd of sheep grazing on an open range or pasture. Move sheep to and about grazing area. Prevent sheep from wandering and becoming lost. Use trained dogs to round up strays and help move the flock to other locations. Bed down sheep at night. Guard sheep against predators and from eating poisonous plants. Work outside in all types of weather and extremes of heat and cold. And while on the range, we'll be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including holidays. <laughs> this is a tough job. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty amazing to me that sheep on their own, and when I read this description, first of all, they're, they're wanderers. They'll wander. They'll get lost. On their own, they're, they're vulnerable to predators. There's lots of predators that'll come and eat a sheep. <laughs> and they also have a tendency to eating poisonous plants. They're dumb <laughs> in some ways. So sheep 
wander, they get lost, they eat poisonous plants, they do all these things. And the Lord saw the crowds and he saw that they're sheep without a shepherd. So sheep on their own get themselves into trouble. And so he began to teach them. The Lord is our shepherd. He wants us to, pr- to prevent us from wandering and getting lost. He wants to prevent us from eating poisonous plants. And so the scripture is to do that. I think of our pastoral staff as trained dogs, <laughs> like up there. So if I see Jackson in the hall and I say, hey, you dog, it's not really an insult. It's a compliment. I appreciate what he's doing, that he's rounding up strays. Um, without the Lord and his word, we wander, we get lost. And as believers, we struggle with sin. When I wake up every day, I want to do what I want to do. That's my struggle with sin. And we all have sin. We slide towards sin in ways. And so as sheep, we struggle with sin. We struggle with the world and all its messages that it sends to, it sends to us every day. And we also struggle with Satan's attack. He wants to bring us down. You know, it's interesting in preparing for this morning, so many things crossed my mind. Horrible things. And I think those things were from Satan. And I was so glad to hear this morning that there were people praying for me. And I think that worked because God took care of those messages and he allowed me to show up this morning, which is good. As believers, we struggle with all these things. Scripture moves us to the Lord. It gives us instruction for life. And also, if a person does not know the Lord, Scripture points the person to the Lord. And some of us have family members or people that we know that are stubborn and they don't want to come to the Lord. Well, pray for them. Have hope. Keep feeding them the Word of God in different ways. Live out the love of God for those people and don't give up because God deeply cares about those people that you're thinking of and we can continue to pray for those people so that God might rally those sheep toward him. So scripture is good for the body and it's also an instruction to those who don't know the Lord. And that's why we emphasize teaching here at Cole. We are also a church that emphasizes living in the spirit of God the new covenant. And that's our next core ministry principle. Uh, New covenant living and ministry is about relying on Christ rather than our own human resources. Now the term new covenant is in Jeremiah 31 and we also see it in 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. It says in Corinthians, such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent in ministers as ministers of a new covenant. Not the letter of the Spirit, excuse me, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So there's two ways to live. One is living by the law. And that's a difficult thing to pull off. We try to live up to the rules. We try to live through self-effort or depending on ourselves. 
feeling the pressure to perform, and then we feel guilt when we don't live up to the standards. That's what living by the law is. And you know, God has given each of us talent. Some of us are good at talking. Some of us are good at serving quietly. Some of us do a lot of things. And some of us are skilled in certain things that God wants to use to bless other people. But sometimes I know for me, I can start depending on my own skills and forget the Lord part of the equation. And so if you're talented, if you're gifted, um, remember to keep the Lord in who you are. Don't depend on that. And I know the, the times that I've become most dependent on the Lord is when I realize how little I am. And whether it's a mistake that I've made or a choice that I've made that's bad, or there's a time that I almost got fired from a job. <laughs> and it really made me think, who am I? Because there's some people that didn't like who I was. And that caused me to really reflect that, that who I am is built on who God has made me. The talents and skills that I have are just because God gave them to me to bless other people. Um, but don't ever, and, and we've got to fight moving back and depending on ourselves and living by the law. Living by the new covenant is, is just living by the relationship God has established with us. It's relying on Christ instead of ourselves. And there's tremendous freedom in living in the Lord. In Galatians 5.1, we read, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So at Cole, some of the distinctives that we've talked about related to new covenant living are abiding in Christ's love and forgiveness is the source of spiritual life and ministry. God is the one active in ministry. And we seek to walk with the Holy Spirit as he ministers through us. The direction and growth of ministries are dependent on him. So we don't try to make things happen in our ministries. We try to find out where the Lord is leading the ministry. And in regard to, to giving, we believe in allowing God to direct the hearts of those here to give without exerting pressure to manipulate giving. That's what new covenant living is about. We focus on remaining in Christ and our walk with him. So finally, our, our third ministry principle is that we are a church that emphasizes relational life. You know, Jesus in his instruction to his disciples really wanted us to be one. And so relationships with God and relationships with others is a big part of who we are here at Cole. We are convinced that a deepening relationship with God is essential to being a disciple. Loving others through personal relationships is the primary way in which, in which we help others grow deeper in relationship with God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 reads, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Christ has established this relationship with us. That's the relationship we have with God. It's a done deal. 
And our identity is that we're dearly beloved children. So at Cole, we emphasize growing in our personal relationship with God, getting to know God better through his word. And we believe also that this relationship with God is deepened through worship. And so we appreciate the worship that we have here at Cole. You know, this is a big church. I, I know when I, a few years ago, I had a hard time being in a bigger church because I'm a smaller town, kind of small guy that likes to just have relationships. And I was telling a friend of mine, you know, it's a big church and I don't feel connected too well. And my friend Steve, I remember him telling me, Ken, just be vulnerable with who you are and, and who you're with in the place that God puts you. And I tell you, that has meant a lot to me because I'm not expecting to get my life out of this church. I'm, I'm okay with who the Lord is and who, where he's put me here. And I appreciate the small groups that I'm involved in. Um, you know, there's many avenues to love each other at this church. And the relationships with others can be developed through small group Bible studies, through growth groups, which we'll be talking about a lot this summer. Um, there's ministry teams, Sunday school classes, and other ministry groups in the church. So I know for Sherry and I, a few years back, we joined a a growth group, and that was really great for us to help build relationships with others in the body here. So um, if you're not involved in a growth group or if you don't feel connected to others here at this church, just spend some time finding a group and and getting plugged in because we would love for that to happen here. And uh, so the gatherings in 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 the body that we have here is just to develop relationships. Let's look at Matthew 22:37 through 39. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. And so here at Cole, we emphasize loving God, loving others. And we appreciate the uniqueness of individuals in this body. There's people with different God-given spiritual gifts and personalities and talents. And we appreciate who those people are here. And God has made us to carry out the ministry that God has prepared for us. Um, You know, we are very thankful for each of you here. We appreciate your story and who God has made you. Um, I just talked to a few people before the service started, and I appreciate people's stories and how God is bringing them through life and, and who they are. Uh, one person that I wanted to talk about before we kind of finalize things this morning um, is my own mother. And I wanted to share about my mom because she loved the Lord and she made an impact on me. Um, She understood the value of scripture and relationships and remaining in the Lord. And so in the bulletin this morning, under the sermon notes, there's a copy of a letter that she wrote. We're going to talk about that for a minute. But when I was 22 years old and Um, She was 54. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a difficult time for me as a 22-year-old, and uh, I'm the youngest of five boys. And and my mom battled cancer for a couple years, and then she passed away when she was 56. And that was a difficult time, but, but what she did is she got us launched. She got her five boys launched. She loved the Lord. And, you know, in those two years that she went through treatment, her body really deteriorated over time. It got worse and worse through all the treatment. 
But I remember one thing about her. Her eyes were so beautiful because she had the love of God for those two years. And I don't know if you know some people that know the Lord and love the Lord, but their eyes are beautiful no matter what their bodies look like. And that was someone my mom was. Um, You know, it's interesting. She used to talk about things, you know, especially as she knew that she was real sick. And she said to all of us, the two most important things in life are people and Jesus. She said the rest is just stuff. And you moms and and grandmothers and fathers, your words really mean something to your kids. So when you can say things like that, it'll stick like it stuck with me. But one of the things she talked to my brother Jim about is, she said, Jim, and this was just a few weeks before she passed away, she said, Jim, I wish I had more time. And my oldest brother Jim asked her, you know, Mom, what, what, what do you want more time for? Did you want to travel or do some other things? And my mom, in her sweet little way, she said, you know, Jim, I just, there's a couple other gals, young gals in the church I want to talk with. I just want to share a couple more things. And she was kind of saddened that she knew her time was coming to an end. But you know what? We have more time. We're here this morning. We have a day that's really precious. And so we can make the most of that day. Um, Let's go ahead and read over. We're not going to read the whole thing, but let's read over parts of that note that's in the bulletin. She wrote this note on a little piece of paper, handwriting, and we found it a little bit later, but um, this was two months before she was diagnosed with cancer. And I think the Lord was really working on her heart to figure out what was important in life. Let's read the first two sentences, and then we'll jump to the last paragraph. It says, On my 54th year, as I contemplate the meaning, purpose, and goal of my life, I realize how exciting it is to see the Lord's direction provision, and faithfulness through it all. I am overwhelmed with a sense of awe and gratitude that he would love me and allow me the honor to be one of his children. Then let's go to the last paragraph. It says, what is his plan for me 50 years from now? Well, maybe 30, and that was her best guess. She wasn't a prophet. (laughs) As I enter his presence my greatest reward would be for God to be pleased with the life that he's given me. My desire is to get an A-plus on the final, even though I've failed a number of the quizzes. It seems to me that the highest priority would be to get to know him personally and intimately, to know the mind and wisdom of God. How can one do this except through his word and through prayer? from his heart to yours and yours to his. And that's Eleanor Halcom. So my mom, she knew the importance of scripture. She knew the importance of life. She saw the value of people. My mom ended up getting an A plus on the final. (laughs) She's doing okay with the Lord. You know, she is an ordinary person with the name... Eleanor, and that's a very ordinary name, but she was a very extraordinary person. In the 56 years she had here, she made a huge impact on on the world, on her little circle, whatever God relationships God put her in. I know that if you know the Lord here, if you're sitting here this morning, that you already have an A plus on the final, 
don't worry about the things that you've struggled in because that's not who you are. You're, you've got an A-plus on the final. So you can look forward to heaven and even though you may feel extraordinary or ordinary here, um, you are an extraordinary person in Christ. Um, so you have a lot to give this world. God knows each person's name here. I don't know each of your names and I'm looking forward to getting to know you more. But God knows your name here. And he has a good plan for you. He sees you as, as, as an extraordinary person like Lois or Eunice or Eleanor um, or other people that you know that are precious in him. Um, but you are a precious child of his. Uh, and my prayer is that this body continues to grow in our love for God, love for others. But really as, as individuals that we continue to just walk with the Lord and, and see what God does with us and have an internal impact on those around us. Okay? So let's pray and close. Lord, thank you for this morning. I really appreciate who you are, Lord, and thank you for each person here and who they are. And um, God, we thank you for this church and the vision it has and pray that we as a church would continue to follow your word, that the leadership here would be attentive to your direction. We pray for the saints here, Father, that you'd continue to bless people through their lives and thank you again for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen.